Yo, everybody. Welcome to Talking with Apple's podcast, where we talk about everything mobile development. I'm your host, Apples, Pajapples, or just PJ. And on this episode of Talking with Apples, we speak about the Google Assistant. Let's jump straight into it. Welcome to another episode of Talking with Apples. Today, we will be talking about the Google Assistant and the Assistant SDK. My guest is Eliza Camber, an Android engineer at Plexicity in the Netherlands and a Google developer expert for the Assistant. Welcome, Eliza. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Cool. So the Google Assistant is something that's really, really interesting as it's on a lot of devices these days. So it's on our phones, it's on these Google Home devices, and I don't think a lot of people realize that it's actually something that maybe you could develop for um, in terms of creating a bunch of actions, as you guys call it. Um, so maybe you can kind of introduce us to this Google Assistant, what it is, um, the Assistant SDK, and how it works for some of our listeners that have maybe never, ever used it before. Of course. So first of all, I'll start with what the Google Assistant actually is. And the Google Assistant is the bot that will reply to you every time that you say, okay, Google. So it's, as you also mentioned, it's in a lot of devices. It's in over 1 billion devices. And that includes from the Google Homes and the phones, um, from, from cars and fridges and even hot tubs. They've put it everywhere. And it's also available in more than 20 languages. Well, the actions on Google. Um, so it's it's a very good um, way for you to make your life, your everyday life, a bit easier. Okay, that's that's really really cool because I think I think people don't actually realize how many devices it's actually in. I think um, we maybe know about the Google Home because I think that's where it kind of first showed up. Um, inside of the Google Home, and then it kind of was brought to the phone and pretty much every other Android device. But I mean, I think you mentioned something that's really, really um, critical there is that it's actually in things like fridges and washing machines and um, a whole bunch of other uh, devices. Yeah, yeah um, the headphones are getting very, uh, very popular as well. Yeah, I think I think Sony and um, Bose both have capabilities to have the Google Assistant um, inside of the headphones. So, which is really really cool. Um, but yeah, I think I think in terms of let's maybe um, dive a little bit into um, how we get to develop for the Google Assistant. So, what would you say is the um, the, the tooling that we that is needed for um, someone like myself. I'm an Android developer, and I would like to create an action. So where would I start? So the first um, the first thing that you should do, of course, is to go to the documentation. And there is a great documentation because, um, in comparison, literally, sorry, in contrast with all the rest of development that we are used to. Um, I mean, I'm an Android developer. And I know that you started it from web, right? Or from Android as well, sorry. Yeah, from Android, yeah. So, um, yeah, as developers, it um, it's, has always been an if and else. And then you have conversations, which is something completely different. 
And then suddenly you have to develop something that is based on that conversation. So instead of if and else, like when you're talking, you use so many different um, words and a variety of answers. And you can say the same thing over a hundred times with a hundred different ways. So one very difficult thing to do is to actually know how to develop for conversations. That was the most different and difficult thing. Thankfully, there are a lot of conversation design walkthroughs. That's how it's called. Um, so then you can see that it's still an if and else. It's just um, an if and else that we learned while we were very young. So we didn't realize that it was actually an if and else. Okay. So if you go to the developers.google.com slash assistant, you can see over there that there are so many um, walkthroughs for, for how you actually develop for conversations. And there are also a lot of tools for that that you can use, of course. Um, one of the tools for, for developing the, the action, your action, is the, um, the actions builder. And I think that I didn't mention what an action actually is. So yeah. an action is how you extend the functionality of the Google Assistant. So the Google Assistant can do um, a variety of things. For instance, you can just ask what the weather is today, and then you will get a reply. But of course, Google cannot know what's happening on your app or on your um uh, on your web app, on your web shop, or all of these things. So how do you actually bring your web shop, for instance, to the Google Assistant? That's how you have the conversation uh, actions. So those actions are a way for you to extend the functionality of the Google Assistant. Okay. And, uh, so you mentioned, you mentioned those, yeah? Yeah, you build those on the Actions Builder. Okay. And yeah, so you mentioned the actions builder, but um, previously um, there was another tool. So maybe before we jump into the actions builder, I remember there was um, a thing called dialogue flow that um, people were building um, actions on previously. So you had that and it would kind of like integrate into, I think that was like a separate, it felt like a little bit of a separate uh, product or like thing that, that you could use um, to actually create Google Assistant actions. Um, and then now obviously uh, it's been moved, it's kind of moved onto this actions builder. So um, can you maybe talk a little bit around like that, um, that transition from um, Google Assistant to the actions builder, um, what the actions builder is also and what the, the um, dialogue flow is and why there was this kind of like new tooling that is being recommended to create actions? So when the dialogue flow first began, um, you were kind of right that it was a separate thing because um, the dialogue flow was called, if I'm not mistaken, an AI.AI or something like this. And yeah. it used to be a separate company. Um, Google just got it and they decided to start building over there um, the, the conversation actions. So it, it was the very first thing until very recently, the only platform where you could actually build your own actions. 
And okay. the way that they worked, it was very similar. You basically just get your user's input, you process it, and you give the right answer back to the user. So nothing has changed in um, how they actually work. The UI has changed a lot, and they tried to simplify a lot of things and make it a bit easier for new developers to start building their conversation actions. Um, you can continue using the dialogue flow, but you can also migrate the existing actions that you have to the actions builder. And at the moment, you're not really required to migrate, but I found it much easier to develop on the actions builder than actually in the dialogue flow. Okay. Yeah, and the, so there's a um, new actions builder. So what is what is that all about? So like, how, how does it work? Um, if if I wanted to go and build an action, let's say for my cocktail app, I have a cocktail app, and I want to say, "Hey, um, make me a margarita. So show me the details for margarita." How would I how would I kind of go um, about that? So first of all, um, how it how it works is that it will get the user input. And in that user input, you can specify some keywords. So you can say that the margarita or the cocktail or um, the whiskey, um, those are all your variables. Um, they were used to be called entities. And I think in the, the action builder, it only um, it's only referred as types. So you have those types okay. and the type, the main type would be drinks. So you would have there all the drinks, the different drinks that you want your action to understand. Because um, if you ask for a margarita and I ask for a whiskey, for instance, it's not the same drink. So they're both the type of the drink, but they are two separate things. So you need to know which one the user actually wants. So the first thing that it will do is that it will get those um, entities, those types, and it will uh, give it back to you so that you will know how to process it. So the other thing that it will do is that, um, let's say that your action, you can just say that I want you to tell me how to make a, mar a margarita, or I want you to get me a margarita. So the one is that you want to learn more information and the other one is that you want to get. Those are two different actions. Okay. So those are, are called intents. It's the intent of the user. What do you actually want to do? So you can have different scenes for those intents. So you can say that I have one scene that it's going to be the order. And there you will have some training phrases. For instance, I want a margarita. I want to order a margarita. Could you get me a margarita? And all of this very similar phrases that can, the user can ask a margarita with. And then you will have another one uh, for when the user asks for an instruction or more information on how to make it, make it their, themselves. Okay. Yeah, so that's actually pretty interesting. Um, and then how would how, how would you actually then connect to some kind of backend? So you gave the you gave a great example of um, the an intent in terms of like being able to ask for information um, from the from the assistant and then being able to let's say order um, something. Um, so let's say I would like to order washing powder. Um, so I would say, hey Google order me some washing powder and hopefully none of my Google homes goes off. But like, 
Um, uh, how how would you actually integrate that into some kind of like back end um, or from the actual assistant? Because you're you're building it in this assistant. Um, you're building this kind of in this framework, um, which is the assistant SDK or builder. Um, and then, well, what is well, what is the best way to actually integrate it into, let's say, my own backend, so I can actually make that specific order? So, the, <clears throat> sorry, the the best that like for for a lot of um, conversations, the backend is not uh, needed. But when you have to do with trans transactions, as you already mentioned, like when you want to order something, then you do need a backend. And the, um, the builder does have integrated the Firebase, um, the Firebase functions over there. So what you do is that you create a Firebase function and you have the action uh, builder is the K and the, uh, the actions on Google is the K. And then you start connecting that with your backend. So let's say that you want to order that washing powder. So you know what uh, the user wants to do. So you will handle just this intent, which is the ordering. And then you do know the variables, the entities or types or whatever you want to call them. So you do know the type, it's the washing powder. So you will just get that as well. And then you send this information to your um, database, if it's Firestore or if it's your backend, your own backend. So you can just connect with it as you would normally do with a Firebase function. And then you're just waiting for a reply from your website. Um, you modify that reply like, oh, we have available or we don't have available, for instance. And then you speak that out back to the user so that they just can continue the conversation. Okay, that's really, really cool. Because, I mean, I think, I think when someone tries to create an action at some point, they might get to a point where they might need to um, connect to some kind of like API, let's say. Um, so having that capability, I think, is really, really great um, for the assistant. Um, but yeah, so I think um, from there, I'd like to segue into a little bit more of the, the nitty gritty of the assistant. So I, I would say that the assistant probably uses some kind of machine learning at some point, um, within its, its, um, its way to obviously understand us. And I've always um, heard from people that do machine learning that natural language, um, natural language processing is a really, really hard problem. Um, and I think Google's obviously done a lot of work around that. Um, is, I'm guessing that there's not a lot of, um, not, not a lot of stuff from an, end, from an end developer or a third party developer that I have to do in order for the assistant to start like learning the words um, that I'm saying, um, is there any kind of thing like that that um, a developer might need to do? Um, you don't need to do that. But if you see, for instance, that um, sometimes it doesn't pick up the right intent. Um, sometimes, for instance, instead of just ordering, um, because the user said it in a way that you were not exp expecting it, um, it got the um, the information intent. 
So if it gets the wrong intent, then you can just go back and say like, hey, for this one, you got the wrong intent. This is the correct one. So if you do that a few times and it starts learning and then um, it will start picking the right intent. So um, for the user, it's not machine learning. It's just telling that um, they're, the machine learning that they it's already using, like the model is not correct. Um, so the model will just um, take your feedback and it will retrain so that it will actually start picking it up better the next time. Okay, yeah. Because, I mean, I, I played around a little bit with the, with the actions build and I saw that there was, um, as you're kind of adding intents um, um, and types and stuff like that into your action, like I saw there was this like little console thing at the bottom and it was like, um, natural language engine is training and I'm like okay well I'm not really doing anything um, I hope that it's like kind of it's obviously doing the machine learning um, for me so I thought that was really really cool um, I just wanted to figure out if there was anything else um, that that could be possible in terms of um, adding more functionality to it but if you say that that there's obviously um, if it doesn't get the intent you can kind of correct it that's really really great too yeah, I think so, because it, it basically just brings machine learning to a level that everyone can use it. And I think that this is the most important part when you have to do with something um, so complicated as conversations are. Yeah, I think I think that's always been, um, I think, context and and um, conversations between people um trying to get that into a machine and the machine actually understanding that is, I think has always been a hard problem um, for people to solve. Um, so I'm glad that we don't have to solve it um, when we're actually using the, the actual, um, the Google Assistant um, SDKs. But I also found that there were with, with a lot of the, with the new um, Assistant Boulder, there's also an SDK that comes with it. Um, I didn't play around with that, but maybe you can chat a little bit around um, what that is, the Assistant SDK. Um, so there are a lot of um, SDKs that you can use to help you develop in that. Um, for instance, some of the older ones are the Actions on Google SDK and some of the most important ones, actually, um, which is helping you to uh, send structured data to, to the action um, so that, like, instead of just speaking out a response, you can actually send images, for instance. Um, you can send suggestion chips and stuff like this. Okay. Um, so there are a lot of different SDKs that you can use on that. Um, there is also the Actions SDK, which is basically a developer tool for building actions for the Google okay. Assistant. Um, so it has like a um, command line interface where you can just uh, tell it that you want to deploy or you want to do something else. Um, you do have the webhooks that you do have also in the Actions Builder. And you also have um, a file representation of the Actions project. So instead of having a UI where the intents and the types and um, like the scenes and all of this is just going to be uh, visualized in front of you, um, you have files. 
So you can. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's really cool, especially when you actually want to um, have it like version control, for instance, because you can't version control, for instance, dialog flow or any UI platform. Um, but if you are just using the SDK, then it's just files, so you can just version control that. Okay, yeah, I think I think that was even something that I that I realized when playing around. I was like, okay, cool. Like, it's not like a normal project where you're just kind of writing code and you can put it in like Git, and then you can have different versions of it. It's like how it kind of just lives there, and you kind of deploy, and it just feels like you're always kind of deploying just straight to production. Um, and yeah. Yeah, well, I think that the most, um, the parts that you can actually do something that will affect the entire project um, is the, um, the webhook. So yeah. the webhook is just a function, it's just a Firebase function. So that one you can just have in uh, Firebase console and it can be very much version controlled. Um, so I never had issues with that. Um, for the intents and the types or the entities as it used to be, I didn't really miss that. Um, although it would be nice, like sometimes something changed and I'm like, ah, oh, who changed that and why? Um, yeah. So it would be nice to have a version control for that. And the actions builder is much simpler to use because it's it has the UI so it kind of guides you as well on what you have to do. Um, but then the action says the K is exactly the same, but without the UI, basically. Okay, yeah. I think I think that's really, really cool. Like, I mean, it might be a little bit um, different in terms of always using the UI that's on the web all the time, and then you're kind of going into this command line interface. But, I mean, I think, I think it still makes it quite... Um, it makes it, it, it has its benefits over just being able to um, work in the in the web all the time and kind of just saving everything there and maybe not knowing who made changes to an action um, that you, you might be working on with some colleagues or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then I kind of want to just segue. So we, we both do Android development, um, and I've seen I've seen some apps, some um, some cool apps um, like that people have built with Google Assistant integration. So I've seen it where like you could say something, and it will kind of like deep link into um, into an actual application, which is really really great. Um, I think some sporting apps do it. Um, I can't remember um, which ones, but I remember seeing some demos, I think, um, at Google I.O. once um, yeah. or something like that. Like, can you maybe, like, chat around, like, how you actually integrate these um, these Google Assistant actions um, or conversations into your regular Android application? Um, yeah. Yeah, well, as you can imagine, it's probably my um, my favorite uh, feature <laughs> yeah <laughs> Google assistant I think that first of all it's um it's great that they actually like 
for the actions, like the, the actions that you build, the conversation actions, extend the Google functionality. And that's great because everyone wants to um, have more information and faster. But yeah. what the slices and the app actions doing is that you can extend your own Android app to the Google Assistant. So you're not extending actually the Google Assistant, you're extending your own app. And I think that this is the best part of all. Okay. Um, so um, the the app actions it doesn't don't really limit to the Google Assistant as well, but they also extend to the Google Search and the Android Launcher. So you can actually search on the top bar, and then you can have what you already mentioned as slices. Um, so okay. the deep link and the slices are actually the two ways that you can implement the app actions to your, um, to your app. So one of the things is that, of course, the user has to have the application on their phone already uh, for it to work. So okay. that's why I mentioned that it's actually extending your own application, not the Google Assistant. Okay. Um, so how it's actually working is that it will get the user query. Uh, the Google Assistant will understand because um, you have um, you have like a manifest on your Android application. Uh, it's called an actions.xml. And you can say that, oh, this is my intent. And like basically, as we mentioned, like with the, with the intents, so um, intents and any extra parameters uh, like types. Um, so you can say like, hey, I, I want to book a taxi and I want to book a taxi for Mountain View 1, 2, 3. So they will also get the, the intent, which is the getting the taxi. And it will also get the parameter, which is the Mountain View 1, 2, 3. Okay. So then it actually understands, and instead of just opening a Google search that will do no good to anyone because it's going to be um, like some random apps, uh, some sorry, some some random ads first, um, which they didn't really know what the Mountain View One Two Three is. Um, it will just open the Android application, like let's say my taxi app. And then you will also have on that application um, the parameters. So when you deep link, you already know the 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 other, the address that the user wants to go. Okay, that's really really cool. I mean, like I, I would I would think like um, so me thinking about it now. You mentioned something where. Um, your the app really has to be installed pre, um, previously for the action to actually work. Um, I would think that it, could, it would be nice. I mean, I don't know if this is possible, if you could use something like instant apps um, in order to, so you ask the Google Assistant and the Google Assistant somehow is integrated into the Play Store and the Play Store knows that you want, I don't know, X taxi company and it would maybe get you the instant app of that. I don't know if that's even possible. I don't know. I don't work at Google, but I can ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, like it would be very nice indeed. But we also have like the web actions, which is basically like they get the, your web content. And yeah. then um, they will just have something like slices as well. 
um, that okay. like you you can show like a how to guide, for instance. So um, you will provide a markup language um, with a specific structure, and then they actually know what they have to um, to generate for you. So they basically just generate uh, the entire action for you depending on the web content that you're providing to them. Um, so I'm pretty sure that at some point we will be able to do something like this in Android as well, um, but definitely not now. Okay, yeah, I thought I, th I just thought about it when you were kind of saying that. Uh, it could be really, really cool. Um, but it's it's really, really amazing that you can kind of, the, the system can understand um, the application that's being installed through the, the app actions and then also just push parameters um, towards the application so you can actually do something with it. Like you say, X taxi company, um, and this is the address that it has. Um, so pretty much like take me to this address and open my taxi app. So that's really, really um, awesome. Um, and then, I mean, you spoke about the slices um, and slices can um, sometimes be a visual also. Um, how, how does the, the visualization of slices work? So it's basically done through your, um, your app. Um, so you can say like which information you want to show. And um, it's, it's also, I think that it also works with the actions that XML. So it's the same thing as, um, as for the deep links, but instead of just deep linking into your app and opening your application, um, then it just shows the data there. Okay. Yeah. Cause I've seen, I've seen some slices where, um, where people actually have like countdown timers and stuff like that and all of those type of things. And I'm like, that seems pretty cool. Like it's not just you like question and answer type thing. It almost feels a little bit interactive. Um, and that kind of like makes me, makes me go to um, one of the features that I, um, that I've seen in the Google assistant. Um, well, in, in the, the actual developer portal, um, which is interactive canvases. Um, so I've, I went to a conference once and I saw the Google Assistant um, there and they had this app that someone was showing where it was like they, they were saying they were using the Google Assistant um, interactive canvas and you could actually could play like a little game, like which was pretty exciting. Um, but I wasn't sure how that actually works. Uh, maybe you can dive into that a little. Sure. Um, so the interactive canvas is basically a web app, an interactive web app that um, the assistant sends as a response to the user in the conversation. Um, and it's, of course, for more immersive experiences. Um, so for now, it only works for games, but there is, I'm pretty sure that there is more to come. Mm -hmm. And um, so how it works is basically that you have your web app and then you have your um, action and then you just provide structured data um, to the action and then the assistant knows what they need to show and when. Okay. That's, that sounds really cool because, I mean, I think there's there could be quite a few use cases. I mean... Um, for that, I mean, maybe um, like we mentioned earlier, uh, our cocktail example, where there could be, you could ask for, hey, show me this margarita thing. And there could be like some kind of interactive 
view, like you said, a web app that could like show on a screen. Um, I'm obviously guessing that these only work on the assistant applications that obviously have visualization, like phones and and the Google Homes with the screens. Um, I think they're yeah, called exactly. Google Home Hubs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, um, that I think I always thought that that was quite a. It was a really cool feature that you could kind of like almost play a game with your voice, um, kind of like with voice commands and stuff. Um, and also you could just also interact with the actuals, the, the action itself, um, which I thought was really, really cool. Exactly. And I mean, for especially for game uh, developers and game designers, I think that the capabilities of that are pretty endless uh, because um, you have both voice and the UI and so far, we only had uh, the voice, for instance, or we only had the UI. Um, the games that are actually providing both experiences uh, like this, I think that they were very limited. But okay. now you can just uh, interact more with a user. It, it's like um, a normal conversation with a user. So it feels like you're just having a conversation with a user. And based on what the user says, you're just creating the game as you go, basically, because the actions depend on what the user is currently saying. And um, the way that they are doing it is with a library, of course. It's called the Interactive Canvas Library. And it's, it's a very interesting library. And I think that we are going to see some amazing applications over that. And I do agree that um, like games are interesting, but it does have a lot of capabilities um, for more applications that extend the gaming. Yeah, yeah. I think anything that can be visualized will be like pretty fantastic. Like if you need, if you actually need a show. Um, someone you need to show somebody something in order for them to understand um what you're kind of like bringing back to them i think that's where the assistant was maybe lacking at some point where it was like hey you have all this this kind of conversation um but sometimes there's maybe no like visualization um which maybe as humans have we have eyes and and we have a voice so we kind of have like both senses and maybe that's kind of where um it kind of combines into being a lot being a lot more natural maybe towards humans, I guess, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I think that we're going to see some amazing examples over that. I mean, we already saw some really great games. Um, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to, to see what's next for the game developers on that. Okay. And is there anything new that's, uh, that's part of the system that's... Um, that people should know about, like maybe something that we haven't spoken about um, that like um, people should definitely be knowing about or trying out um, that you can maybe tell us about? Um, I think that we pretty much covered um, everything or a lot of those things. Um, From the top of my head, I'm only having like the smart home actions, which is for smart home integrations. Um, it works a bit different from the conversational apps, um, but it's also like very interesting to see that you can actually build something and integrate it to the Google Assistant. 
Um, what else? We did talk about the interactive canvas and about the new uh, actions builder. Um, well, I well, don't have something else say? from the top of my mind. Okay. What would you say is uh, the benefits of having an action um, next to your Android app? So you have this Android application and you have, and some people have actions with them and some people don't. And um, what are the benefits of actually developing for um, with the Google Assistant? Um, do you feel like it, it actually, um, it gives your app an advantage at some point? Um, and like, how how do you how do people actually discover actions um, that um, that your app actually has? Like, how would you how would someone actually discover it as an end user? Um, I'm using this I don't know this fitness app, and I want to do a run, and I can say, hey, track my fitness with X app. But like, I mean, the user might not know about it. I guess it might be a marketing thing that they might need to do, or but in terms of action discovery, like. Um, is there is there actual ways for for um, developers to make their actions known to users? Uh, absolutely. So I will first tackle the um, your first question, like what is the benefit of having an action next to your Google, your Android application? Um, so as we mentioned before, the assistant is embedded in some millions of devices now. So you can actually, let's say that, let's take as an example, the running application. So um, instead of just having your phone, uh, opening the phone, finding the app, starting the timer and start running, then you can just use your earbuds or your headphones and say like, hey, I'm starting to run, track my activity. Um, so you don't have to do anything like hands-free, that's it. You just talk to the assistant, through your headphones and everything is done for you. Mm -hmm. um, so another thing is the discoverability of new features, um, which also uh, touches a bit on what you said. I think that marketing has a lot to do with how you find those actions. And mostly because right now they are um, like most of the applications don't actually have those actions. So the users don't really know how to find them and where to find them and all this. Um, but for instance, I, I had one application that it's for getting tickets. And okay. I didn't know that they actually have app actions on that. And I was looking for... Um, I forgot that I had it on my phone as well. And I searched on my on my search bar on my Pixel um, about tickets. And okay. then the first result that I got was a slice. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty neat. I actually have that on my phone. <laughs> and all I had to do okay. is just um, tap on that slice. And then I opened that application, which I probably didn't open for like at least a year especially with the okay. corona. <laughs> yeah, I, I got my tickets as easily as that. And okay. I think that especially this year, um, the hands-free experiences are more and more important. Like a lot of uh, times um, I'll be home and um, or I just got home and I really don't want to touch anything. Um, but I yeah. want to set a timer, for instance, um, or I want to put on my music while I'm washing the dog. 
So I'll just talk to the Google Assistant. It will do that for me till I actually do my hands and sanitize everything. And okay. um, let's not forget that many people were forced into a hands-free way of living or were born into this. So even if all of the above reasons are not good enough, Helping yeah. those people, uh, those people alone, should be a good enough reason for us to actually move forward. Um, so there, there are a lot of people that having struggles with um, what for us seems so easy to do, just tap a button. Um, but not for everyone is that simple. So I yeah. think that it's very important to keep in mind that there are people and like. It can be like your sister, for instance, that has the baby on the one side and then like the phone on the other side and like she needs to say something. Um, so it's nice to have someone over there that it will listen to you and it will do what you want. Yeah, I think I think yeah, accessibility, um, it helps a lot with accessibility in terms of um, people being able to to do things um, that they might not be able to do. Um, I think the Google Assistant helps a lot with that. And like you mentioned, the hands-free um, situation also. Um, I think even with, with, with people driving cars and stuff like that, um, they shouldn't obviously be on their phone. So the Google Assistant could help with um, replying to a message or, um, or, I don't know, saying to call someone or whatever. Um, I, think, I think that hands-free experience um, is is also quite a big benefit, um, but I really really like your your um, your discoverable discoverability of the the ticket app um, using slices because that's that's something that's really really cool. Um, just having this visualization pop up and you're like, oh, this is quite cool. Um, so that integration, I'm guessing, um, obviously helps the um, maybe retention. Of, of the application, um, bringing in, well, more, not retention, more engagement um, of, of users. Yeah. So that's really, really awesome. And then one thing I wanted to ask, because, I mean, we also, on, on the show, we obviously have some iOS users um, or iOS developers. Um, does the Google Assistant um, work with iOS? I don't know if it does. Um, I thought I would just ask. Yeah, it does actually. Um, so the Google Assistant is available for the iOS devices and the conversational apps that you're building, um, they are also going to be available in the iOS. Um, I think that it's a standalone uh, application on the iOS that you have to download. Um, but mm -hmm. that said, the app actions, uh, which is um, like the deep linking and the slices are just Android specific. So those are not going to be available for iOS. Okay, yeah, because I think I think um, there might be developers that might might hear about this um, Google Assistant app. Oh, maybe we should have a Google Assistant app. Um, well, as part of our um, application, but they might want it to be uh, part of um, both sides of the application. Well, both um, Android and iOS. Um, both frameworks and stuff. So at least that's kind of good to know, um, which is really cool. And then I just kind of wanted to speak around like learning materials. So I think uh, the Google Assistant is also something that's really unique. Um, I don't think um, there, I think a lot of people, like you say, um, 
might want to use it, but they would probably need to think of a use case of where it could um, be quite um, good for their application in certain features and stuff like that. But I mean, if they wanted to get started, like what material is out there for the Google Assistant? So there is a great recommendation, uh, which I definitely recommend on having a look because um, it doesn't just go through all of the SDKs, for instance, that are available uh, in all the tools, but it also walks through um, the design principles of a conversation, which is a key concept for starting to build a conversational design, a conversation app. So um, the, the, the link for that is developers.google.com and slash assistant. And uh, there you can find everything, like all the information that you need, either for web or for Android or for the conversational apps. Uh, what are the tools? Which actually um, do you need? Like, do you need a conversational design, um, a conversational app, or do you need the app action? Like, what is your use case? Um, and because all of the terms are relatively new to all of the developers, um, people, like, it's, I, I found that it's very easy for people to get lost in that. Um, yeah. So there is also, um, we have some code labs um, at the codelabs.google.com. So there are some code labs over there that people can follow and start seeing uh, how you can actually build something for the assistant um, using the actions builder. I think that they also have the integration with the home uh, smart home uh, devices. And um, there are some also for the conversational design. Okay. Uh, what else? There are so many videos on YouTube and um, also numerous talks by the GDEs. Um, there are podcasts. Um, there are a lot of articles at Medium, um, both from the GDEs and from the Googlers. And also there are some code samples at GitHub. So anyone can just go to GitHub at the SDKs and see some code samples on how they can actually get started. Okay, yeah. I mean, I found I found uh, that the YouTube videos are really great. Um, I saw the collabs and stuff, but I think the I found there there's a nice um, on the I think it is the Google Developer channel um, mm -hmm. that there's a playlist for um, the the Actions Boulder, um, which is really really great to go through, and then the Actions SDK also, um, just to kind of like play around and see. Um, how the how it all works and how it's kind of all put together. Um, so that that was really fun. But I mean, I'll link I'll link a bunch of the, these resources in the show notes, um, so that like if anybody wants to go and have a look at any of these resources, we um, they'll pretty much be linked down in the show notes also. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's um, from my side. That's pretty much it. Um, I can't think of anything else that we haven't said about the assistant. I think um, I'm not sure if you have anything from your side. Um, no, not really. I'm like one thing that I want to say is that the community for the actions of Google is actually very active. Um, so you can find a lot of people on Reddit and on Twitter. And um, I think that for all of the GDs for the assistant, 
pretty much all of the DMs on Twitter are open. So if anyone has questions, um, they can just reach out to us and maybe we can, like, hopefully we can just help everyone that has a problem somewhere or is stuck somewhere. Okay, awesome. And then, yeah, maybe maybe you can, um, well, what's your, your Twitter details so that people can see if they can get hold of you? It's Elisa Cumber at, um, at Twitter. At Twitter. <laughs> nice. At Twitter, yeah. Okay. It's, it's at yeah. Elisa Cumber. Yeah. Oh, and nice. handles. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know either. I'm also. I don't know with with these handles and stuff like that. I'm also bad with them. <laughs> but I know yeah, how to reply. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. Thanks so much um, for coming out on talking with apples today. Um, this was really, really great. I think it's really informative. I think anybody that's going to be um, looking at um, looking at starting an action, I think um, you've given a great information about um, where to go what it's all about, the tooling. Um, so thanks so much for sharing your knowledge. Um, and I'm sure myself, I've learned a lot. And I know I'm sure our listeners will also learn quite a bit. It was my pleasure. Awesome. Well, yeah, have a great day. And yeah, we'll chat soon. Yeah, you too. Ciao. Ciao.